Hey guys, welcome to The Real Shit with Brit and Wit. This is Whitney. And this is Brittany. And this is the podcast that's here to make you feel normal in your everyday life. Oh, oh. my goodness. We're here. Wait, where have we been? <laughs> I think this is like every, the start to every episode. We're like, oh my goodness. Like it's been so long. Our <laughs> listeners, you guys are just used to it. You're we like, like the yeah. best intentions to be like more consistent. Of course, that's like our new year's resolution for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so it is. hard when you have like life and jobs and kids and a million things. I know. Or a million kids or a million kids. I mean, you know, <laughs> it really is. We're back. And I feel like we said this last year too, but like, you know, give us a break. It's been a weird couple of years, you know, can the you believe that-, that though? Like, can you believe that we can say it's been years like this Ew. whole COVID thing, like two years we're going on. So Ew. crazy. It is so weird. Like, I feel like we just got home from Disneyland to COVID and that was, and, and it, it really is like, how does time go so fast? It scares me. It's really nuts. It's really weird. I really do feel like it just happened. And yeah, now, but I feel like everyone's like, oh, and it's a new year, but is it, or is it just like part three? You know what I mean? Right. That's how I feel. Like it's still pretty shitty out there. Like we're not, we're not getting anywhere still. So that's how I feel, <laughs> but we're back and we have a goal to, you know, get these episodes out to you guys. We're back. We're going to get, you know, a little busier on social media and we love our podcast when we, we love our listeners. We love we you. We constantly are like, okay, we're so busy. Do we have time for this still? And then we're both like, we're not ready. Like we, we don't want to let it go. So no. we need to bring the real shit to you. And guys, today we have an episode that I hold so dearly to my heart. I have had so many people ask me to do an episode on this and we are going to talk about something, well, extremely illegal, uh, (laughs) first of all. So, but if Joe Rogan can do it, I can do it. No, just kidding. Um, (laughs) We're almost as big as Joe Rogan for sure. Like almost. So I figure I can talk about it. I'm going (laughs) to discuss how uh, I did a mushroom trip. A guided, I am so excited to hear this. Yeah. Guys, Wit does not even know the story. This is the first time she's hearing it too. Yeah. When Britt talked, like when I found out that she did this, I like reached out and I was like, okay, tell me all about it. She's like, no, we have to, we have to just do an episode on this. So yeah. here we are. I am super excited. I'm really curious. And I've had so many people, like I shared a post about it on Instagram and I probably had over 50 people be like, I need to hear this. I need to hear this story. And I thought, you know what? There's no way I can tell this intense story this many times. It just has to be an episode. And then I'm going to be like, everyone go listen to my deepest, darkest crazy as shit, because that's what we do here. You know, (laughs) that's right. That's what we're here for. Um, yeah. So I think first of all, before we even dive into this, you have to know what led me to do this. And I am not someone like I'm a big believer in like medical marijuana, you know, edibles, like cannabis for healing and for anxiety and depressions and all the things, right? I would rather do those sorts of things than medications. That's just how I roll in life. So in my life, I've, you know, smoked weed, I've had edibles, I've done that stuff, but I have never ever, ever, ever touched a harder drug. I've never done an hallucinogenic. I've never done anything. Me neither. 
<laughs> besides pot, nothing, <laughs> nothing, you guys, nothing. Like I'm a person who will not even take ibuprofen unless I have to. Oh, okay. that's me. 100%. Also my, my real dad has always been a drug addict. Like we've, we've briefly talked about that. And then my mom, you know, has just struggled on and off with like pain pill addiction for God knows how long. So for me, I've just never, ever, ever wanted to touch anything. Um, in my life. And so this wasn't ever something I even thought about. This wasn't like on a bucket list. This wasn't like, I think a lot of people that do shrooms, they kind of go into it like, Oh yes. Like they're, they prepare for this journey. And it's something that's very like lighthearted to them. And, you know, they want to experience this like magical experience. Okay. That is not my story leading up to this. Okay. All right. Okay. <clears throat> no. So backstory is, well, you guys know, if you've listened to all of our episodes and you know my shit, like all of my things from my past, whether it's, you know, the journey with my parents, my, you know, two marriages I was in, like I've been through some stuff that I feel like really threw some scars on me and some PTSD and some mega trauma. And something that I've realized being married to Mark for seven years is that some of these traumas just weren't going away. Mm-hmm. And even though, um, I don't know how to like articulate this correctly. Like the things that I was struggling with, it's like your brain, your brain has patterns, right? Totally. And a lot of people will get stuck in these ruts of like, certain ways that they think about themselves or their belief system or things like that. And that's kind of what I was getting stuck with. Like I've been through years and years and years of addiction, previous marriages, and really just feeling like I wasn't ever enough for someone. So my brain over 10 years just really started to like, tell me all the time, just that self-talk of like, you have to look a certain way. You have to you know, be a certain way. You, you aren't worthy of things. And that was just myself talk for years and years and years from the things I've went through in my life. Um, and so what I realized being married to Mark for the last seven years is that I would have these like intense, just anxieties that would just come out. Like Mark isn't doing anything right. To like cause this, but I would realize, you know, and it's hard to not get into like the big in-depth story of everything I've been through, but let's just say I had these triggers and I would have these like anxieties come in where it was just like, why is this happening to me? Right. And there's no real reason. It's not like he's giving you a reason or anything's happening. It's just almost like a flare up of Yes. Yes. Like, like just something would trigger me or, you know, yeah. Like I don't want to get, go into like too much detail, but I was really, really, really struggling for a long time internally. And sometimes I would give it to Mark. Sometimes I would, you know, let it out to him. And then other times it would just be an internal struggle. And I just felt like I battled for years of like always trying to get my shit together in my head you know, all the years of talk therapy, like on the outside, like you, you know, me, people that listen, that know me personally, like, you know, Brit, like I'm still normal and I'm happy and I'm bubbly and I'm talkative and I'm social and I'm functioning and like all the things, but inside my head was like this shit storm of thoughts that were just constantly battling each other. It was like, if you could open my head, like open up my brain, you would just see like a freaking battle of like, 
the positive and then the, and the negative thoughts, just like beating each other. Like, you know, and some Which is days good, like, that's a good point. Cause I think a lot of people deal with that. And you think that they're such like, you think everything's going well for them, but in reality, like they're majorly struggling and a lot of oh, people yeah. have no idea. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a hidden topic. Like people do not talk about this and see the, the thing with me is the reason I even have a hard time opening up now about it is because for the majority of it, like I really am okay. Does that make sense? Right. Like, it's not like I'm just over here faking on the outside and on the inside, I'm like dying, but I would go through these like spurts. I would realize like I would have a few, you know, months where I would just like kill it in everything I did. Right. Like mm-hmm. I would feel confident. I would kill it around my house, kill it as a mom. Like you know, our marriage was awesome. Like all the things. And then it was like, I would get these triggers and they would just fly in so quickly. Right. And I would have all this self doubt or like feel insecure about maybe someone that my husband worked with, or, you know, because maybe this person is beautiful and my triggers from the past, like that's a danger zone. Right. Or maybe somebody, the way someone looks like that's a danger zone. Like I would, I would, I was to a point where like, I would watch a movie like we would try to watch a movie and it was like, if there was nudity or, you know, someone just gorgeous and sexy, like I would just internally want to die on my couch. It was just like, Oh my God, I can't look like that. I don't look like that. I can't be that, you know? And, and I was constantly picking myself apart and it wasn't like I would compare myself to everybody, but I would have certain triggers from things that happened in my past that I, I kept realizing like, you know, and I would give that to Mark sometimes and, and it would cause some issues because he was always like, babe, you are safe. Like there are, he would always say, there's no tigers outside the cave. There's no tigers outside the cave. Like you're safe with me. I'm not, I'm never going to hurt you. I would never leave you for anyone else. Like the thing is my husband was saying all the right things. You know, I adore you. I love you. You're like my dream girl. Like he's like, honestly, besides some of these insecurities that you get into sometimes he's like, you're my perfect person. Right. And so he was saying all the right things. And so I would fluctuate on and off of years, like going to talk therapy. I tried everything, right? you know, like I I tried everything. Yeah, you did. It was like, I would try therapy. Well, maybe this therapist isn't working. I'll try another therapist and not like they weren't working because I disagreed with them or I didn't want to hear what they had to say. It was just literally like, I would go to therapy for months and months and months. And it it was so, um, satisfying while I was there, like, Oh, someone's validating me and they understand. And they're telling me that it's normal for me to have these feelings because of my traumas from my past and everything I've been through with my exes and my parents and never having a dad that made me feel worthy in my life, blah, blah, blah. Yes. It all worked while I was there. But then I would walk out of that office and it was like the very next day, this shit was just coming right back into my head. It was just a very like almost addictive pattern, like addictive thought patterns and cycles that like were not going away. So then Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, maybe I don't need talk therapy. And I would do everything at home too. It was like, you name it. Like I would do the self-love courses. I would do the self-help books. I would do the, uh, you know, listen to the things like just everything. I would try the meditations. I didn't want to take medication. That was the one thing I never wanted to do because I wasn't like super depressed. Right. So I didn't want to get on antidepressant, but then I also like only would have anxiety when I was going through this stuff. And I was really nervous to like get on a Xanax or something that might be like more addictive. 
Anyway, so I just lived like this for years, like constantly being like, no, I can do this on my own. I can break these thought patterns. I can do this. And I would try something new and I would fail. And I would try something else and I would keep failing and I would try something else. And like, it really just got to a point where I just broke down to my husband after, I think it was like right after I had Axel, right? And he's like nine months old already. So, um, so crazy. I can't believe it. I never, I never had postpartum and I don't really get postpartum, but I noticed after Axel, like I really just felt different. Like I was still functioning and happy, but I just felt like not myself. And I kept thinking, Mm -hmm. oh, I probably just have a little bit of postpartum. Like I would just talk myself through it, you know? And honestly, girl, and this is really hard for me, I think to admit because for maybe just like a handful of people out there listening that I know for a fact in my life want to see me fail. Like, you know, just those bitches of people out there and you know (laughs) who I'm talking about. I know. You know, they listen to this podcast and love to hear anything that's wrong with Brittany. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you guys. You go on with your bad selves. Okay. (laughs) I don't like to admit that. Yeah. I'm just going to say that because you know who you are if you're listening. Like, why don't you stop creeping on me? But I was to a place, um, I will admit this for all the listeners out there that love me and that maybe are going through this and need my help. Okay. I got to a place a few months after Axe was born where, dude, I don't talk about this. This is like intense. I was so low wit. I got very suicidal. Girl, you haven't talked about this like at all. No. Like, I remember you had some like weird thoughts like when you're pregnant. But I yes. don't, I don't even know this. And that is where it kind of started like I mean, listen, I'm older. I'm 36. Like this baby wasn't planned and now that he's here like my god, I mean, look at him. Like he's my world and my boyfriend and my everything. But the pregnancy was so hard and I gained so much weight and I was so uncomfortable and I had carpal tunnel in both of my wrists and I couldn't even use my hands at the end of it. And just everything, it just put me through the ringer. And I did, I got really kind of like low, but I thought, oh, it's hormones. Like I could almost talk myself out of it. Like you're just hormonal. It's going to go away after you have him. Right. And I had him and it was like, why isn't this going away? Like it almost annoys me when I'm depressed because I don't get depressed. Right. Right. But when I do, I'm almost like, bitch, knock it off. Like, what are you doing? Snap out of it. Yeah. We have a hundred things to do. Like you don't have time to be sad. Like, what are you doing? Like I get Yeah. It's like, it's like, I get annoyed with myself, but, um, yeah, I, I got to, I got to a really low place and I got really suicidal and I always knew I wouldn't ever hurt myself. I would never leave my kids. I would never, ever do that. But I was so tired of these thoughts ruling my fucking mind with like, man, my past messed me up. It messed me up. And you know, yeah, you know no one can stuff. blame you for that. Like if everybody knew, no one could blame you for that. No, like, like you everyone know would my, be messed up for sure. Yeah. You know, when we haven't talked about this on here, but like, you know, my stuff and it just, it messed me up. And, and, it, and I, and I had all this like reoccurring guilt because I would always just cry to Mark and be like, I don't want to be like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I feel so bad. I don't know how to trust. Like, 
you're the best husband. You're loyal. Like, I know you would never do anything, but like, I'm so fucked up from everything I've been through. I feel like I can't even watch like shows with you that everybody in the world are watching because if I see a sex scene or a sexy woman, like I fucking malfunction. Like I, like, I just was so tired of feeling broken. Oh girl. That like I had times in my, I would like put all my kids to bed with and I would just go in my closet and I would sit there and just cry and think like, okay, like if I just, if I just wasn't here, like the pain would go away. And I just realized like, I see how people take their lives because they really feel like it's the only escape. Right. And the only way out. And I hated that I felt like this and I felt so much anger and, and, and like, listen, still, like I was still somehow you guys functioning. Like I still got up in the morning. I took care of my family. I did all the things. I was the mom for the kids. I'm always present. Like I still did my shit, but on the inside, it was like, I, I started living life just like, okay, I'm just getting through another day. I'm just getting through another day. And some days would be easier than others, but then sometimes it was just like, I was so unhappy. Like I was so overweight. I was so just, my abs were so separated from having five babies. Like, listen, you can suck shit into spanky, like tight yoga pants, you guys, but like my body was struggling and I just felt so low about myself. And every day I had this husband who was just like, babe, you are gorgeous. Like you look amazing for even just having our baby. Like, but it's like, it doesn't matter what anyone tells you because it's what you believe in your head. Right. Yes. 100%. And so I just got to this low, low place and I started getting angry. I started getting angry with my parents. I started getting angry with the fucking cards I was dealt in my life. It's like, I felt like I just had my arms up in the air. Like really, really like God, whoever's up there, like screw you. And that sounds terrible, but that's where I was. Like, I was just like, not even a fucking parent, not even one parent that could have just made me feel like a secure human being, like multiple marriages where, you know, really, really shitty things went down in them. Like, you know, I just, I felt so much anger because I felt like these places and these experiences and these pastimes in my life, like really molded me into just be this like broken minded person. And it's like, you know, Brit, like how can a person be so strong of a person? Cause I'm a strong girl, right? Yes, you are. 100%. And I've been through, yeah. Like I know I have strength, but I was also so weak and, and I was, it was just this battle of like, you know, and and I would just have days where I'm like, no, get up and do what you need to do. And I would do it. But every little task felt so daunting. Like I understood depression for the first time in my life. The dishes felt daunting playing Candyland with my daughter felt daunting. And it's like, if you guys know Brit, the dishes are never daunting. Like I love to girl loves that. (laughs) So weird. This girl loves a clean house. So weird. So I really was in, I was in a bad place. Um, and this lasted for like 
a few months and I just was getting really, really frustrated. And I kept just crying to Mark, like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And, you know, he's like, babe, it's not embarrassing if you need to get on something like everyone at some point or another has to be on an antidepressant, like whatever. And I'm like, no, I won't. Yeah. I said, I got on one after my divorce and I hated it. It just numbed me out. Like it took the Brit out of Brit. Right. You were just a numb person. Right. which is, I can't live like that either. So I, I really just felt super lost. And, and I just said, I can't, I can't break these thought patterns. Like I will go through and have weeks where I'm like really good. And if I work out and I'm this and I'm that and whatever, but then I'd like one thing would trigger me, right? Like I would, I would like drive and go drop off something to my husband's work. And if I saw this, you know, beautiful girl that works there or whatever, like, I'm just going to throw this out there. It's embarrassing to admit this, right? It's humiliating, but I would see this and, and it's not even like I would go to Mark and be like, who's that and act like a crazy person. But internally I would just start to die inside. Like, Oh my God, he works with this person that looks like this every day. And I'm like, look at me. I just had a baby and I'm chubby and I'm this, and I'm not like, but, and then Mark's over there. Like the best part about it is my husband's like living his best life. Like he's at work making a living for his family, like happy as can be with me. And I'm like over here, just, I think like everything's just, it's the end. Right. Like, I'm like, you're oh my God. super like, worried. And he's just like, everything's great. I have a perfect life. And you're like, oh, oh my yeah. God. Like he's so happy. And I'm over here. Like, I think a lot of women do this. I'm over here. I, just like, I, oh Jesus. Do. Absolutely. Oh my God. Like we're not after- alone in that at all. I'm serious. I would sit over here and be like, oh my God, like it's after hours. He's motorboating her back in the bathroom. I know it. Like it's, they're just, you know what I mean? Like he's just like, oh, my haggy wife that I come home to every day, like looking like a hag after the baby. Like he's all up in those bubbies over there. Like I I think every girl after having a baby, because you don't, your body doesn't just bounce back. And I, I am glad that social media has like, people have been more real the last few years on social media where they're posting their like this is what a body looks like after. Cause I have to tell you when I had my daughter 12 years ago, I didn't, I mean, I knew that my body wasn't just going to bounce back and I was going to have her and look perfect again, but I did not realize the extent of like, after you have that baby, the way your body looks like I was wow. not prepared for that. And it was mentally very tough. Yeah. So I think every woman kind of deals with that after having a baby. And I think it's like, I was, it's like, I'm comparing oranges and apples, you know, and when I would bring this up to Mark, like he would just kind of, I mean, there were a lot of times where he was just like, babe, come on. Like, we can't do this forever. Like, you know what you mean to me. And at some point I need you to believe that a hundred percent and be able to go about your life and just be super secure and know that like, I'm never going to leave you. He's like, my eyes don't even wonder to anyone. Like he's like, they can't because I'm just like, I adore you and the kids and like what we have going. And he's like, I just want to like, you know, grow old with you and be like camping when we're 70 still. Like he he's just in his own happy world, but like, I'm over here just going, Oh my gosh. But he would always say, you're not even comparing, like you're looking at somebody who is, I'm talking young girl, like, like one person's like 20 years old. And, and I'm, and I'm looking at someone who's 20 years old, freshly, like out of high school, like has no kids is so young. Like sometimes I talk to kids, like really at my age, they're kids. Like sometimes I talk to girls or women that are whatever, 19, 18, 20 years old. And you're like, oh my God, we are a different. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
Right. It's weird. Like, cause I don't feel like I'm that old. Like, no, I'm 34 and I don't feel like I'm that old until I get around someone that's like yeah. 18, 19, 20. And you're like, oh my gosh. Okay. I guess I have lived some life because yes. <laughs> I'm not, why... we're not on the same level here. Like it would like make my husband laugh because like, for example, there's this one girl that was hired and she, it, like she wears, she was wearing like super skanky, like scandalous, like outfits. And to me, I'm like, why, like, what are you doing? And Mark would be like, oh my gosh, we all make fun of this chick. Like at work, like we're always like, if we were her dad, we'd slap him upside his, her upside her head. Like who, what are you dressing like this for? Like, girls gotta get he, that money though. Girls gotta well, get that money. What's funny is like him and the dudes that he works with that are all like older dads too. Like they're like, we could have been her teen dad. And you're right. worried well, that and like, they're I'm looking at her more as like a parent than as like yes. someone they want to go home with. Like, yes. And he's like, babe, this chick is like a few years older than Bella. Like you have to think about what you're saying. And that's the thing. Like there's a logical part of me with that would be like, I could talk myself through that. Like, oh yes, this is so stupid. What am I doing? But then women, like when you get our age, it's all the things like we do not mm-hmm. bounce back. I've got the wrinkles and I'm popping gray hairs and oh I'm gosh, like, and losing weight is so much harder. It's so much harder, <laughs> so much harder and, than it ever was in my twenties. But what's funny is then I'd have a day the next day where I'd be like, no, Brittany, like you are beautiful and you're killing it in life. And you look amazing for five babies coming out of that body and blah, blah, blah. Right. So this is kind of my journey. You guys just years of this constant battle of like loving myself and all the things. And I just, I hit a breaking point when I got depressed, a big breaking point where I just, I cried in the closet one night to Mark so bad and just said, I, I need to change. Like, I'm going to lose you. I'm going to ruin our marriage. Like I am angry. I'm just angry at everything in my past. And I can't hold on to this anger. Like I'm more snippy with the kids. Like I just, it's almost like I just lost my soul a little bit. Really? I mean, I was always just such a happy go lucky person and, and I just lost it a little bit. So that's what kind of led me here, you guys. And I I started talking with Mark and he's like, babe, you need to figure out something that's going to help you. I don't know what it is, but like figure something out because this is destroying you. And I kind of looked into like ayahuasca trips, which if you don't know what that is, like, look it up. That brother did that. That shit is intense. It's crazy. People like go away to the jungles of like Peru and like drink ayahuasca tea and you like trip out on a journey. Yeah. You go go on a journey journey and you might be shitting yourself in a bucket, like beside people, but like, okay. Total side note though. Like, did you get sick on your mushroom journey? Yes. So okay. I will. Yeah. I'll, I'll, okay. We'll have to get into I know, that. People are like, that was like my big question. Cause I know, I know with ayahuasca people get like super oh. ill and that's so that is like the one thing that I'm like, I don't think I could do any of this. Cause I just, I don't want to be sick. Like it has nothing to do with like the drug or the illegal, like that has yeah. nothing to do with it for me. I'm like, I don't want to be sick. <laughs> No, ayahuasca, like you go through a purge phase and yes. it is like coming out of all ends and super. And I remember reading this and being like, oh my God, I can't do this. Like what? Like, no, I was so scared. I'm like, no, no, no. There's got to be something different. There's got to be something different. So I know everyone's like, hurry up and get to the good part, but you have to know why I got here. You have to know that because it was the ruts in my brain that weren't, they were so 
like the grooves were so deep, you guys, the grooves were so deep of these thoughts, patterns in my, these thought patterns in my brain that like I was stuck and I didn't know how to get out. It was almost like an addict who like really can't get off the drug. To describe it, because I do think that your brain gets caught in the same pattern constantly. And no matter how hard you try to change it, it is really difficult. So it needs some rewiring, some help with rewiring that. I almost went like had to look at myself like that. I did. I had to almost be like, I feel like I'm an addict. Like no matter how bad I don't want to think these ways and no matter how much I look around my life and know that I'm really blessed and I have all the things and I'm all of this and that, like my brain is killing me. Right. Right. So yeah, I, ayahuasca, no, I kind of like just got really discouraged. Like, I don't even know what to do. And I kept talking to Mark, like, I don't even know what to do. So I can't go into detail about like where I was or who I was with. I cannot go into detail, obviously, but, um, through the grapevine of someone else, I know they kind of approached me and said, Hey, I know a person, um, who does guided journeys. And I think like, this is really what you're looking for. Um, but you know, it it was just a very roundabout, like you gotta be, you know, very careful and something you just like go talk to everybody about like who she, you know, who, you know, she is whatever. And so, um, I, I just reached out, I reached out and I had like no idea people that do shrooms. A lot of the times, like they get like spiritually prepared to do a shroom trip. Like it's like preparation and like you have different types of people, you have those people. And then you have people like Mark who was 18 years old and was like, cool, I'm going to do some shrooms with my buddy. Try this out. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was like 18, 19. He's like, I'm going to go do some shrooms like while we're camping. And like, they just ate some shrooms and sat by the fire. And that was a thing. Like he wasn't guided. It wasn't a guided journey. He didn't go in with intention. He, there's two types of, you know, going like, right. Goers. Right. And so Mark actually did shrooms. And when he would tell me about his experience, like he said, he's like, it was life-changing. He's like, that's actually how I realized, like, I do not need organized religion in my life that I, you know, have a God and, and that's what I believe in. And, and, you know, he realized he just didn't want to do the Mormon way, you know, how his family raised him and stuff. So, um, he actually watched his hand disintegrate in front of him down to the bone, which I, that's a lot of us. Like you'll hear a lot of that type of story of people experiencing death in their mushroom journey. And so Mark is not afraid of dying. And he said that really changed him. And he kind of realized that time is like precious Mm -hmm. and all of these things. And so it really helped him in his life. He said to like, just see the bigger picture. Like, you know, my husband, he does not sweat the small shit ever. Yeah. And it's kind of annoying. He's like super, super laid back. He's so laid back and he, it's like almost annoying to me because I'm like, you don't care about things that like most people would really be affected by, you know, whatever, which is great. But he said, he goes, it was my shroom trip that really helped me kind of get there. So I thought, okay, I feel like this is, this is my answer. This is what I need to do. So I talked to this person for like, oh my gosh, two hours on the phone. I mean, just asking every single detail. Like I had no idea what to, ex- what, what to expect. Um, you are in the mushroom for six hours. Wow. Yes. And so that really panicked me a little bit. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like I, and I got online and I just, I researched and I read and 
like she gave me homework to do. She's like, I want you to like watch this documentary and like read this thing and look at this thing. And, and I did all of the homework. Right. And so I, um, this was just last month, you guys, this was just in December. Yeah. So I did all this research and I was like, you know, trying to plan with her, like when, okay, I had to travel four hours to go do this. This wasn't like someone down the street. So I had to travel four hours. And, um, so I kind of knew like, okay, this is, this is, this is a big deal for me to like, leave my family, go travel, go do this. Like I kind of talked to Mark and he's like, listen, I will support you in anything you want to do. I think this would be a great opportunity for you. I will book you a hotel. Like I will take all the kids and just hold down the fort, which if you also know, Mark, you're like, are you sure? (laughs) Babe, I love you, but like, you don't do much around here. Okay. Um, Like you don't know what to do without your boo, like doing all the things. And so he was very like, you know, responsive and very supportive. And so I kept thinking, okay. And I, and I would talk to her about like scheduling, like, well, when should we do this? And I was kind of thinking maybe like, okay, next month or something. Like, how do I just pick up and leave? Right. This was so crazy for me. Like she literally said, she goes, um, how about, okay. So when did I do this? I did this December 6th was my journey. It was a Monday. So we were talking, it was probably Thursday before that, the Thursday before that. So December, whatever that is, second, whatever. And she goes, what about in like two weeks? Da, 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 da. So I said, okay, let's plan for that. I got off the phone and I immediately said, I'm not going to do it. If I have to wait that, wait that long, I won't do it. Really? I will freak the F out. Like I won't you'll do think it. about it like nonstop and talk nonstop and I'll scare myself. So I, I said, to, I called her back and I said, listen, I think if I don't do this now, I'm not going to do it. I know myself. She goes, okay, well, and this was Friday. I called her back the next day. She goes, okay, well, can you be here Monday morning? And this was Friday. <laughs> so I wait, talked to her. Note really quick. Is okay. this this person's job? Is this what they do? Like full time? Um, no. Okay. All right. This okay. is like, but a side thing, but she is like, very spiritual in it, like very like healing and helping and like, oh my gosh, she's incredible. Um, like kind of like a shaman type, like vibes. Right. So anyway, she goes, can you be here Monday? And I'm like, yes. And like the words just came out of my mouth. And then I, and then I said to Mark, I was like, okay, so, um, I think I need to leave on Sunday to like, go do this. And he's like, okay, let's get you a hotel. So, So he books the hotel and, um, and, and then, so then Sunday rolls around and I'm supposed to leave and I freaked the fuck out. (laughs) Like, I'm not kidding you. This is also a very important part of this process, right? When I say I freaked out, I am like, I am not exaggerating. Like I didn't leave my bedroom closet for an entire day on Sunday. I, I never love left. Freak out place is your bedroom closet. <laughs> it is. My closet is like my all my go-to. Um, so I freaked out. And here's Mark down in the basement with his brother, like every Sunday watching football. Kids are just doing their thing. Like I'm up in my closet, so sick to my stomach wit, like TMI, but you have to know my story, my whole journey, right? diarrhea the entire day. Like my, oh, yeah, body, cause you're so anxious. <laughs> oh my gosh. My nerves were just like 
you're dead game over and like destroyed my body. So I'm in my closet with a giant blanket around me pillows. I'm crying. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm so anxious. I'm having full blown panic attacks. I'm texting my husband in the basement, like two floors up. I can't do this. I can't do this. Oh my God. I can't do this. Like I I'm sick. I'm so sick. I can't do it. And he's like, Oh my God. Did I just pay for like a $300 hotel. And now you're saying you're not going to go. Yeah, like he was, was like, going to say December hotel could not be cheap either, especially no. last minute December hotel. Last minute. So long story short, because this lasted a whole day in the closet, I freaked <laughs> out. It really did. I, if I was freaking out the whole day, my kids were coming in, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just mommy's sick. Like I just pretend I had the stomach flu. Like I was just like, I have diarrhea. I can't move. And, um, <laughs> little your own really snacks. No. Yeah. Like everyone just fend for yourself, like Mark's in the basement. Um, so I just went back and forth. I actually called this lady again. And I said, listen, I'm losing my shit literally. And she's like, she's like, listen, listen, we don't need to do this. Like you, let's just start you off with some microdosing, you know, like, let's just maybe microdose you and whatever with every part of my soul knew I had to do this. You needed to do it. Yeah. Knew I had to do something so big. And, and for those of you that don't understand anything about mushrooms out there, let me give you just like a tiny backstory. Mushrooms are a healing medicine for your brain. So this is not like when people do acid, like I've had people kind of compare like, you know, acid and stuff. Yes. LSD. Yeah. Yeah. Or LSD. Like it's still, um, a a hallucinogen, but it's a chemical it's man-made. Whereas a mushroom is like the earth's right. Like plants and the earth. It's yes. Yeah. So it's natural and it's like a healant for your brain. So when she was describing on this like two hour phone conversation we had the first day, I was asking everything. I was asking everything. This is a great part of the story too. Everything you could think of, I asked this lady. Okay. From can I poop my pants to like, I'm not getting you to <laughs> these would be my I, questions though, for sure. Really? Can I poop my pants? Um, am I going to do anything sexual or weird? Like, could I, it, like if it aroused me or something, cause that's a thing you hear about, it can like make it intensifies. Oh God. I didn't even think about that. No, I thought about it all. So you just, <laughs> I have like a mushroom checklist you got questions. You guys DM Brit. I have a mushroom checklist. I can tell you all the answers to all the things. So a lot of my fears were a, am I going to have a bad trip? Because if you read up on anything, one of the biggest things you'll read about or hear about on podcasts or whatever. And Mark listens to a lot of podcasts, right? He loves podcasts. And he's like, yes, he, does. he would tell me about like these mushroom stories he would hear. And he's like, oh yeah, people that have bad trips, like it can get insane, but they always walk out of it saying that's the trip I needed. Like I actually needed a bad trip. And I was so scared. I'm like, if you're in this for six hours, this isn't like you just go, you know, can you imagine that would feel like an eternity. If, oh my that gosh. Trip. Like that would feel like forever. Yeah. So I was really scared because I'm like, okay, this isn't like I just went and like took a hit of my cannabis and I just feel good for a few, like an hour and I'm chill. Right. And now this is like, off. Yeah. you're seeing things, you're in things, all of your emotions and your senses, everything is heightened to like the maximum level. Right. So I would ask her things like, oh my gosh, could I like do anything weird sexually? That would be so embarrassing. Can I poop my pants? Am I going to see you as a bad thing and be afraid of you? Am I going to see you as dead? Am I going to see Satan? Am I going to see evil? Like, of course, Brittany's brain is going to like all the bad. Most (laughs) people go into mushrooms and they're like, oh my God, I'm so stoked to see all the kaleidoscopes and the colors and to live in the music. 
not Brittany. Brittany is like, okay, am I going to see Satan? Am I going to like be afraid? Am I going to like lose my mind? Like I, and so I was talking to her about all of this. Right. And she's like, listen, I've done journeys. And in my journeys, I see people as skeletons. And she said, that's just what happens to me. So she's like, I can't promise you, you're not going to see anything, but on mushrooms, your brain can tell you that it is not real and that it is going to end. And so you can talk yourself out of what you're seeing in a sense. Okay. I was like, okay. I mean, that like makes me feel better. Maybe 2%. Thanks. Um, (laughs) thanks so much. He like, you clearly don't know my anxiety levels and my brain. So she kind of talked to me this day in the closet when I was freaking out. She said, you know, I just don't know if you're ready. She's like, to be honest, I don't know if you're ready. Um, because with this much anxiety, like you can go in and have a bad journey. And she's like, I don't love to say that because I think everyone's journey is exactly what they need. Like she's very like cool and hippie ish and like, you know, just Mm -hmm. goes with the flow. And this is like what she does. Like she's such a healant in the mushroom. Right. And so I was kind of like a little bit of me, you guys wanted the out because I was scared. Sure. I I actually was kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good plan. You're right. Okay. You're right. Yes. We're gonna microdose. Gotcha. I, I I feel great about this plan, right? And I got off the phone and I went downstairs to Mark and I was like, okay, like, I'm so sorry. New plan. Like, I think I'm just gonna like start off microdosing instead. And Mark was kind of disappointed. Like he wasn't pushing me to do this, but he was just kind of like, babe, come on. Like you've microdosed before. And I have, I microdosed shrooms before I got um, pregnant with Axel and I liked it. It helped me. I was doing it to kind of see if I could like, um, get rid of like some brain fog and just kind of think clearer. Sure. And, um, and it, it was great, but he's like, babe, the, the thing that worries me is, you know, that that's not going to really like get in there and fix the shit. Oh, this is one of the things I asked her what she told me and why I wanted to do this is she said, I said, what is it actually doing to your brain? And she said, what the mushroom is doing is it's going in and she's like, think of it as a ski slope and everybody's skiing on this, you know, ski slope, like multiple times a day. And just those grooves are so deep from the skis. And it's like, they're just really in there. Right. And, and at the end of the day or whatever it is, they, you know, whatever the machines are that come and like level out the, you know, the ski slope again, she's like, that's basically what the mushroom's doing. She's like, that's the, the easiest way for me to describe it to someone is that it's coming in and it's smoothing out all the ruts in your brain and giving you like a fresh, um, you know, a fresh, what am I saying? Like slope to start off with basically. Yeah. Like so I'm, it's not just the same lines constantly. You're, yes. You're and so she fresh. said, she did say to me, she's like, so you, she goes, I, you have a lot of addicts, right? Drug addicts, alcoholics, sex addicts come in here and do a shroom journey and they leave and they never touch the substance again. And that was powerful. And I know, and I know someone personally who was an alcoholic who did a shroom journey and never touched the bottle again. So for me, that's kind of why I was like, I know I need to do this, Yes, but I'm losing my shit. All the things I had this little out. And as soon as my husband said that to me, I just felt mad. Like I was like, no, you're supposed to just support me in anything. And I just, I was angry because I was almost like my soul knew I needed to do this. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, 
it, it was actually Monday morning. Monday morning, I made it to the day I was supposed to be down there, you know, four hours away doing a shroom journey. And I still was at my house. <laughs> okay. And because she even said, she's like, listen, come here. You already have a hotel. I'm going to do different types of work with you. She does a lot of like body work and healing massage. And she's like, I can, you know, get you microdosing and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, whatever. And Monday morning, I woke up out of bed and I said, okay, I'm going to go do a shroom trip. Like I need to save my life. And I texted her and I said, Hey, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to come down there and I'm going to do this. And she says, I'm glad to hear that. And she goes, I'll see you when you get here. And we had this kind of scheduled for like 5 PM because she's like, you have to fast. Right. So she had me fast the whole day. And she's like, I know it'll take you X amount of time to get here. Let's do it at five. You'll be in the mushroom for six hours. We'll be finishing around like midnight or so. So I'm like, okay. And I had this like power in me and I was like, I got this. And I I woke up Mark and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go. Right. I'm going to go. And he's like, yeah, all right. Like he did not believe this. Like he's (laughs) like, "Mm -hmm. I'll see you in the closet. (laughs) Okay, honey. Like go back to the closet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pack my suitcase right now. And I went in the closet and I opened my suitcase and I just lost my shit. Like I literally just started like throwing an adult tantrum in the closet, like throwing hangers everywhere, like just freaking out. Like every ounce of me was freaking out. Okay. And he's like, how's the packing going? And I'm like, okay, obviously. And I was, I just felt angry. Like I kept waiting. Like, why isn't he stopping me? Like, why isn't he coming to me and hugging me and being like, babe, you don't need to do this. Like, let's just always have you have these like stupid issues forever. You know? (laughs) Like nobody was going to be fine. Yeah. Nobody was stopping me. Right. Like, here's your bottle. Um, so finally I, he just went about his day. He like started making hazel breakfast. Like the kids went to school. Like my kids didn't even know I left. Like, like they didn't know I even was like doing this. Right. So I'm like, Oh, I made it all up until I got in the freaking car. So sick the whole time. So much anxiety wet. My body was like failing me. Like I just kept having to run in the bathroom. Like it was so bad. My anxiety, I made it the whole way to the truck in the garage. And I sat in the damn truck for 20 minutes. I opened the garage door and I sat in the truck for 20 minutes. And I kept looking back at my garage door and my house, like that son of a bitch isn't even going to stop me. Like he's not going to stop me. He sees me walking through this house sick as can be, right? Nobody's stopping me. This is a big part of my journey because to get there took, if I don't explain this to you guys, you don't understand the turmoil. It took me to even balls up and do this. Okay. So I'm in the car. Mark and I do not have find my friends. We, what we do, but we don't follow each other. Right. Right. And we just never did that. Like it's not been the thing. And so I. I'm in the car and I'm like, I'm in the truck and I'm like, oh my God, like I don't have another choice. I just need to start driving. Something in me just made me start driving the truck. And I just started driving. And my, the whole time in my brain, I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go down in a hotel and I'm going to just take a fucking nap for three days because I never get any sleep and I never get a break for my kids. And I'm just going to eat food and sleep. Oh, just and like get that massage, get that massage. Oh, yeah. Like, the whole time in my head, I was like, no, there's no way I'm going to actually do this. So I start driving, start driving. I get an hour and a half away and I have to stop for gas. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what kind of like gas he puts in this truck. Right. And, uh, so I, I, te- and listen, as I'm driving, I get a text from him saying, Hey babe, I know 
that I might be acting a little harsh, but I can't make this decision for you. And I'm really proud of you for going no matter what happens. Like I love you and I have your back. And so I pull into the gas station and I see this text and I'm like, Oh, okay. That's so sweet. It just made me feel safe. It made me feel good. Mm-hmm. So I text him. I'm like, Hey, I'm at a gas station. Like what kind of gas do you put in your truck? And he told me, and he's like, where are you? And I'm like, honestly, I don't even know what it's what, where I'm at. And, and he goes, and I said, Hey, will you actually follow my location? Like I'm all by myself. I'm going four hours away. Like I don't even know this person. I've never met this yeah. person in person. <laughs> The only reason I felt safe with this is because the person who recommended her is like a, like a very trusted Someone person. you trust. Yeah. 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 Very trusted. Yeah. So he started following my location and like almost shit his pants. He told me later after this was all said and done, he goes, babe, when you told me to follow your location and I saw where you were, he goes, I almost shit my pants because I swear to God, I thought you were just down the road in the church parking lot. <laughs> he goes the whole time I'm at home with Hazel, like playing Candyland, doing the dishes after breakfast, all the things he goes, I bet you she's just at the church parking lot sitting for an hour and a half. Like she'll be back. Like he goes, I thought you're <laughs> wow. So he goes, when I saw you were actually an hour and a half away, like I couldn't believe it. And I did. I just kept driving. I checked into my hotel. I'm literally checking into my hotel and I'm still thinking to myself, like, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? And then I picked up my phone and I texted her and I said, okay, what's your address? And I left my hotel and I started driving to her house. And the whole time I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Why are you doing this? Stop driving the car. It was almost like an outer body experience. Like no part of me actually wanted to go with, but my soul was pushing me there. Like, I'm not kidding you. And Mark could see my location now this whole time. And he told me after the fact, we didn't talk at all. I didn't want to talk. I couldn't talk to anybody. I was really mentally just like freaking out. Yeah. I just was like trying to be on my own, like make my decisions, whatever. But after the fact, he told me, he goes, babe, I just was dying. He's like, when I saw the location, leave the hotel and start driving somewhere, he goes, I thought to myself, holy shit, she's doing this. What? He goes, but then when I saw you park at the place, he goes, I almost had the thought of like, would she just park for six hours? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm just leaving my car here. So I did. I pulled in. I knocked on the door. Even while I'm knocking on the door, I'm like, what am I doing? So I get there and okay, beautiful surrounding. It's all about the ambiance. It's all about your surroundings, your atmosphere. Um, it was Christmas time, right? December, beautiful Christmas tree, sound bowls, a yoga oh, mat, big, soft blankets. Like she's like, you want to be in very, very comfortable clothing. Everything soft, cozy socks, very, very like cozy blankets, whatever you want to bring your pillow, like whatever. She said, your body temperature does not regulate on, on mushrooms. So you will get very, very, very cold. So you want to be very warm. And so, you know, I did all the things, but you, I, you know, I get there and it's just like all of this, like little, you know, lights that have like, you know, like the little balls that have the electricity kind of going in them. And then Uh there was like light, like things on the ceiling that were changing colors. And I wish you guys could see me talking because I'm like really using my hands a lot. Um, a giant Christmas tree, candles everywhere, candles everywhere a fireplace going like the fake fireplace. Right. And it was just beautiful. And I remember walking in there being like, wow, this is like really peaceful. 
there was like a heartbeat drum and like all the things, like she had her crystals and like, oh man, she was just like all into this. Right. So, um, I go in and I'm so nervous. And I told her, I said, I'm very, very, very nervous. Like, I don't really even know if I want to do this, to be honest. And she's like, can I sage you? Have you ever been saged? And I'm like, no, but I know what that is. And she's like, come on, let's go sage you. Let's just get all this like bad energy Energy and, you know, energy out. And she was like Mm -hmm. saging me. And I was just like, I don't like, do your neighbors wonder what's happening here? Like, you know, I'm (laughs) like, they can like see in the backyard where you're saging me. And, and listen, I was just going with it. I thought I'm a crazy ass psycho that just drove all the way here to do this. Like, let's just see what we're we're doing. doing. I'm here. So yeah, yeah, saging a lot of massage to get me like comfortable, all the things. And then I went into the mushroom and you have to drink a lot of water because it's pill form and dehydrated. So this is a very important key too for any of you out there. I've had a lot of people that are like, oh my gosh, I got to hear this journey that know about mushrooms. So I went in on two and a half, which is they call a John Hopkins dosage. And that's because terminal cancer patients, they will give this dosage to, to help them come to terms and to be at peace with death. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. So that's um, what Brad's brother did with that, like ayahuasca type oh, stuff. So. Okay. Yep. So that's a big reason why they do that. So, so I, I'm telling you what, girl, I grabbed my little Stanley cup and, uh, my Stanley mug and I took Glad a sip. That Stanley could be with you. Stanley was with me. Okay. <laughs> and, um, mainly because he holds the most water, but, uh, as I was swallowing these pills, the first words that came out of my mouth were, I don't want to do this. Can I throw up? I was still panicking. Who goes into mushroom trips, literally taking the mushroom and then being like, what the, did I just do? You know what? I I want out. I want out. I did. You're already in. My whole soul and my body was like, why are you swallowing these? Like, I just was losing my shit. So I swallow them. I'm still like, I said, I don't want to do this. Can I throw up? She's like, you're going to be okay sit with me. Let's say, and how long is it going to take to kick in? Like, I'm still an anxious psychopath. Like I'm still sitting there just like, I don't think you know me. (laughs) I need all the answers. I don't do well with go with the flow. So I'm like, you know, how long will it take to kick in? She's like, you'll start to feel something in about 20 minutes. So she has this giant ass clock on her wall, this beautiful giant circle clock. And it was the devil for me through this six hours, the devil, because you felt I was in that for each, I was in eternal hell. You guys, I had a bad trip for three and a half hours out of the six. Oh my God. (laughs) I was in my own personal hell. I can't even describe this with. Do you think part of that was the anxiety or do you think you needed that to like, this is what I've been putting myself through and both. Okay. Okay. Yes, definitely the anxiety, but also it was my perfect journey. And I did, I'm one of those people that walk out and I'm like, I'm so grateful for that bad, horrible hell for three and a half hours because it is what changed me. So you guys, I'm, I'm there. I'm trying to be present in this moment, but I'm also internally panicking for when it's going to set in. So if anyone out there has done mushrooms and you know, this feeling you get kind of like this wavy feeling and you just feel good. It's a very good sensation. It's not like 
I can't really describe. It's not, it's not anything like weird or scary, but you know, you're on something like, you know, you have something in your body and in your system, but it's not like when you're drunk, right? Because I've either asked that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I've either been high or drunk in my life before, and I've been wasted drunk before. And when you're drunk, right. You, you do things where like the next day you're like, Oh my, what did I even do? What just happened? Right. You don't remember anything when you're drunk. You're just like, yeah, this is great. But then it's just like, you go to sleep, right. Or you puke, whatever. Well, Cause like that first, like when you start getting tipsy, you can feel that like, Oh, like I'm feeling good. Like I'm tipsy. Like I can feel yeah. that. Is it kind of like that? Or is it like a whole other no. It's like a whole other thing. And it's not even like when you, you know, eat an edible or when you smoke cannabis, like it's not, it's, it's unlike anything I've ever felt. Okay. It's just a very, like when I say wavy, I just, I wish you guys could see me. I wish this was like a video podcast because <laughs> I'm, whole body like, is waving, you guys. I'm like, waving, like swaying, just swaying. Yeah. Like you just almost feel good. And, you know, I kept saying like, oh, I feel this way and I feel a little bit tingly. And she's like, yeah, you're going into the mushroom. Like she loves this shit. Like she's all, of- <laughs> she's like, yeah embrace she's so chill like she loves it she knows like she's feeling it she goes in with you and matches your dosage actually oh wow okay okay and i and i said i was like okay but like are you going to be able to function and she's like oh yeah this won't even touch me like she when she does her journeys like she's in on like a heroic dose they call it which is like five or more whatever and so she's like no i could like go to the grocery store on this and i'm like oh okay um (laughs) yeah me no I was losing my shit in eternal hell. Um, there was no grocery shopping. So I started to go in and, and I instantly like, she was like, okay. She's like, you know what? Let's turn on some music. And I want you to just feel, I want you to let go completely and feel everything that, that where the music's music's taking you. And I thought, okay, here we go. And I laid down and she, they, she had like the shaman music on, like, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like the that like just earthy, like, yes. nom, 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 like all the, like, I don't even know. Right. The shaman music, go look that up on Spotify. Um, they have like <laughs> sure, mushroom playlist. There's mushroom playlists all over. Um, so she turned that on and she started doing a heartbeat drum. And I don't know if you've ever heard a heartbeat drum, but it's like a very intense heartbeat. Right. And she's swaying back and forth and she's playing this dun, 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 like heartbeat with the music. And let me tell you what happened to little old Brittany. I laid there. My brain started tripping so freaking bad. You guys so bad that everything felt so scary. Like the most scared you could ever feel in your life. That is the fear I felt inside of my whole entire existence. And I laid there and my brain started like turning on everything. It was like, I looked up at her sitting because I was laying and she was sitting and I looked up at her and I was like, Oh my God, I am with a drug addict who does not even know I'm panicking. She's in her own world. I am freaking out. I have to get out of here. I have to get out of here. Like I started tripping so bad with, I have to get out of here. I have to get out of here. And the music was making me feel so scared. It was like Satan to me. It was so satanic. It was like, listen, most people that do shrooms, they're in this music and they're like floating away into space. Okay. Right. Yeah. They're feeling love. No, I was in hell. Every beat of the music, like anyone that's done shrooms, you know, the music, you feel it. 
It is in your soul. The music is alive in your soul. Okay. So I feel this and every beat is like the devil in my soul. Like I, that sounds crazy, but just go with it. Like that's what was happening to me. So I started having like full blown, like anxiety, like take your anxiety that you feel right. Everyone out there that has anxiety knows what that feels like. And then I want you to intensify it by like a hundred thousand. Okay. And that's what I can't even imagine. Honestly, (laughs) sometimes I can't breathe even just like on a normal basis. So I'm getting anxious and I, and I, and I, and I sat up and I looked at her and I said, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't. And I just started panicking. Turn this music off. Turn this music off. I started screaming, like, turn this music off. Get this music off. Get this music off. And like, she, I mean, this was like, what? Like, she's never had someone like freak out over the shaman music before. And I just kept saying, I need you to turn on Dave Matthews. I need you to turn on Dave Matthews. <laughs> Dave Matthews. Okay. I love Dave Matthews, but she even said, she's like, Oh, I've okay. I've never had anyone request band music. Here we go. Like, like, here we go. Like, and, and that's the interesting thing is like my brain, I kept requesting my wedding song, which is called steady as we go by Dave Matthews. Mm -hmm. And my brain kept needing to feel safe. And so she put that on. And apparently we listened to steady as we go like nine times on repeat or some shit. And I wrapped myself in my blanket my big like blanket that I sleep with every night, you know, my cozy blanket. And I laid there and I just rocked back and forth and I just listened to the music and I kept thinking about Mark. And that's the only thing that like calmed my anxiety down. And then I would go into like, this was crazy. You guys, it's so hard to even put into words what this is. And I've heard that in all the things I researched, people be like, you can't put a journey into words, but I'm going to try my best. So, um, when I say I had a bad trip for three and a half hours, it's because this is what I would do for the next few hours. I would feel okay for a minute and I would listen to the music and I would feel it. And you just, your body just moves and kind of like twitches a little bit and, um, you like to the music, but it's almost like you're not even doing that on purpose. And then I would roll over on my back and I would just start scream crying like the hardest cry you could have. Like imagine like that cry of just like, if someone important dies, like agony, like the agony pain cry. Right. But then also scream talking at the same time. So I would flip over and I would just look up at the ceiling and I would just start screaming. I hate him. I hate him. I had to knock on the bathroom door every day. I was at his house when I was a little girl while he did in the bathroom. I hate him. He never took care. Like girl, this was not me like being like, Hmm, I think I'm going to talk about my dad now. Like, right. Cause you don't, you don't talk about your dad very often. It just, I, it was like a demon inside literally just started screaming out of me wit. Like it was nuts. And it, and this is the thing with mushrooms, you guys, like when you're drunk, you don't remember shit very much, right? When you're high, you're like, "Mm, I kind of remember that, you know, whatever on shrooms, you remember every single second, minute, hour, everything. This is now a month later. And I still remember every second, like it was yesterday. Okay. That's crazy. So I would flip over and it's almost like I knew I was doing it, but I was like, it was almost like I was also thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I screaming all this stuff? But as I'm thinking, why am I screaming this? My body is screaming this. And so I started screaming 
I don't, there's, you have no sense of time. You have no sense of time while you're in this. Right. So I started screaming all of this stuff about my dad and how like he was such a drug addict. And I was always banging on the bathroom floor. Like my dad, when I was young, he'd be in there just like snorting Coke. He was a heroin addict. Like I remember being little and, and banging on the door all the time. Like, when are you coming out? And, and he would always just be fuzzed over dead on the couch. And I would just like have to feed myself, play by myself. Like it was so fucked up. Right. Yeah, so very fucked up. Screaming all of this wit. And then I would stop and I would roll back over and I would put my blanket over my head and just, you know, kind of rock a little bit and listen to the music and just kind of feel, you know, safe again. And then I would get really anxiety ridden because I would think, oh my gosh, I still have how many hours? I would look up at that stupid clock <laughs> and I'm like, only 20 minutes has gone by. Kill me. Like I can't do like I was in my own hell. I was in my own hell. And I kept thinking, oh my God, 20 minutes. And then I look up and I see her mug, right? Cause like she had a mug of water and this mug had the evilest eyes. And it was just like glaring at me. And it was the scariest eyes I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, why is the devil on this mug? Like, oh my God. And I would just tuck my head back in my blanket and like, listen to my Dave Matthews. And then all of a sudden I would flip over again and just start screaming. I had to bury her or I had to dress her when she died. Like I just get, and, and, and I started screaming about, I'm so afraid of death now. I'm so afraid of death. And I was talking about when I had to dress my ex-husband's mother when she passed away. Yeah. And that like, I loved this woman, right? Like she was a, an amazing well, yeah, of course. woman. Yeah. And she asked me if I would dress her when she passed, right? Cause she had cancer. She knew she was going to die. And, and it wasn't like I was angry about it. It just, it gave me like a really big anxiety of getting cancer. And I, and I've always had this anxiety of like death or getting cancer. And sometimes it's like, I eat things. And then my brain is like, you could give yourself cancer. Like I became like a little bit obsessed and, and it was a very traumatizing experience for me, although beautiful to do something sacred for her body on this earth. It was very, very, very traumatizing. And this isn't something like, you know, my ex-husband knows this. It's not something that's like, I don't feel like should offend anybody hopefully, but part of my journey is that I just started screaming these things. Okay. I don't know. Well, and I mean, then, even things that are sacred, sometimes they are traumatizing and you wouldn't have even realized that it was going to be traumatizing until you're in it. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, and so like, I would just scream that I would scream things about my previous marriage. I was just sob crying, screaming about my mom, about my parent, like just, it was just crazy. And I went back and forth in this for like a couple hours apparently. And then I would just scream and cry about Mark. And I would just say, I can't believe I've struggled with all these things and I've put him through so much and I've been so insecure and I've, and I haven't trusted and I've made him feel so untrusted. And like, I just kept screaming all this stuff and crying just uncontrollably. And sometimes I feel like I'm failing my kids. And like, I just, everything was coming out, girl. Like you name it, that shit was flying out of my mouth. And I was just screaming and crying. I never feel enough. I never feel enough. I never feel beautiful enough. I never feel like I'm going to be enough. Like, and I just said that over and over and over again. And then, okay, this went on for like a couple hours. And then I finally like rolled over in my blanket and you guys, I would see, this is the thing. I didn't see a lot of hallucinations. That's, that's people's biggest question for me. Um, 
I saw the cat eye or like the evil eyes on the mug. I thought they were like evil cat eyes. I can't really describe it. And um, I loved looking at the fireplace. Fire looks really cool when you're on shrooms. And my (laughs) blanket was my safe space. So my blanket would breathe. Okay. And and a lot of people will say that like your blankets will breathe with you. Or like when Mark did shrooms, he would see like the mountains kind of breathing, like really amazing. So my blanket was my happy place. And, um, I think my Dave Matthews music was like wearing off a little bit. It was the band music was now like starting to irritate me a little bit. And I just kept being like, I, this is too busy. I can't, my brain can't handle this. And she's like, yes, let's put on some like relaxing music. She put on Enya. And, and so I, I, I laid for probably like 45 minutes, just listening to Enya, watching my blanket breathe. And I would just breathe with it. And it was the happiest place I've ever been in my life. And I felt this is crazy. And probably people who like are religious and kind of compare this to the spirit being wrapped around them and feeling that warmth. That's kind of how I describe it. Like, um, because I'm like, I'm spiritual, but I've never really had anything like that on a spiritual side, but this, um, it was the most love I've ever found in my life, just completely encompassed around me for the first time I had true feelings of, I am loved and I am worthy and that I am enough. I like, I can't explain this. Like it was just beautiful. And I remember like rolling over and I just looked up at the ceiling again. And I just said, Oh my gosh, like I know that I am beautiful and loved. I know I'm worth it. And I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed, right? And then <laughs> I went from sobbing and feeling so loved. And the thing is, is I didn't want to move, right? Like I laid there in this because I was like, I never want to leave this place. Like I feel so loved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and side note, she took a picture of me laying like that. Um, and I didn't know this was not something I went into like, oh, I'm going to take selfies while I'm on a mushroom trip. Like (laughs) she, she actually takes your phone from you. So she takes your phone and she takes your keys because she says, I, you know, you have to be safe. And she says, because you're still aware on in the mushroom, like you can call someone and you just don't know what you're going to do or say. And so just for precaution. So I had no phone, I had nothing on me. Right. And, uh, she, she took a photo and I didn't know it. And the next morning is when she sent me that photo. And she says, I didn't tell you I did this, but I want you to have this. And this was a very special moment for you. And I just cried so hard, like in the hotel bed, in that photo, I will cherish for the rest of my life. And I actually put a post on Instagram for those of you who follow my personal page. Um, maybe I'll share it on the podcast too, of that photo. Like there is a selfie of me in the hotel room. Cause I didn't want to just have a weird photo of me laying with my back turned, like, um, looking like I had the stomach flu or something, but yeah. So anyway, that was a very special moment, but I went from, this is, this is a funny part. I went from feeling so loved and worthy and crying with to laughing hysterically. I laughed hysterically 
laughing so hard, like belly laughing. And I just started saying all the crazy shit I've ever done. Literally. Like I would be like, I used to fight with my stepdaughter's mom over the stupid shit she would pull. And like, it was so pathetic and stupid. And like, why have I ever cared what this idiot ever thought of me or things like, and I would just laugh. I would laugh so hard. And she was like laughing with me. And then I would be like, oh my gosh, like, how did I ever do this or this or this? And then I would look up at the ceiling and all of her can lights in the living room. I, I just, all of a sudden would go, my friend has a phobia of circles. She would hate your house. Like, and then I just started laughing. It's almost like I was like the, if you were high, it was almost like the high came out and I would just laugh over like this dumb shit. Like, I don't even know. I would just laugh over all these things and and I would be like, isn't that crazy? And she would look at me and be like, that is crazy. And we would just laugh together. <laughs> and this is one of the things people ask me is if I saw her as anything different. And I did. I did. And sometimes it would freak me out. She was my safe space though. Like, I think my brain knew like, this is when you feel nervous, I would, I would turn around a lot and make sure she was still there like mm-hmm. sitting by you're me. You're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Like it made me feel safe, but then I would, her face would start to turn upside down like her oh. features. Yes. And so we would be talking because sometimes on this, on shrooms, like you will just talk. Sure. And a lot of people say like, Oh, we'll just sit and bullshit, you know? And so we were just talking and, um, and I would watch her face kind of turn upside down. And that would really scare me. And so I would just focus on her chest when I would look at her instead. And sometimes I would like look back up at her face to see if it was still scary. And I'd be like, okay, no, nope. you know, and like, it's it was safe. just don't look. Yeah. 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 So that was a, that was, um, one thing I saw the mug. I, one of the questions is I, I asked her, do will I know if I have to go to the bathroom? She says, yeah, you'll still be able to get up and go to the bathroom. You just want to be careful. And she says, do not look in the mirror, whatever you do, do not look in the mirror. And I said, why don't I want to look in the mirror? Because then I was scared. I didn't even want to go in the bathroom. Right. Like, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm going to be like just, a demon. Just remove the know? mirror from the bathroom. Remove it. I don't even like looking at your mug. You know, yeah, I don't, you're like, your face is scary. Because she goes, no, just don't look in the mirror. Like that can be really traumatizing for some people. So I'm like, okay, well, of course I have to pee right at some point. And I'm like, and there's no lights on everything. Oh, I, like, I would look in the mirror for sure. Like, of I, course. well, everything's like candle lit. Everything's yeah. like candlelit because you don't want big lights on when you're on trips. Sure. So, so I go in the bathroom and of course my brain's like, <laughs> you know, you need to look in that mirror. We're like, looking for sure. We're going to test, you know, it's like bloody Mary or some shit. Yes, exactly. And, um, <laughs> so I did, I kind of like would look over it in the mirror. I wish you guys could see me because I'm so animated when I talk. Oh, it's unnatural. Um, so I would look over in the mirror with, and, and, and I will look over and be like, <gasps> And it's like, that was not my face. Like it was me, but it was like, not me. Oh, and it was, yes. So then I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Just get on the toilet. So I would like get on the toilet and I looked over on her little sink and she had this like little cute, like fat Buddha guy that I remember he was cute and fat because I went pee before I started this whole thing when I got there. Yeah. But now I looked at him and he was glowing red and he was the devil. Oh, and his eyes were glowing at me and he was so evil. And I remember just peeing and I kept looking over at him. Like, like I just like it, my eye was malfunctioning over this Buddha. Okay. So those were the only scary things I saw. And when I came out of the, the mushroom journey, 
And that was the other thing I kept saying, how will I know when it's over? How will I know when I'm done? And she's like, you'll know, you'll, you'll just know. And I was like, you and your answers that are just so broad, like, (laughs) thank you. Just, you know, like I need facts, you know? And, um, but you do, you know, you just, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm just like talking normal again. And you just, you're just, you know, right. Like you just know you're not in anywhere. And once I came out of it, right. Like fast forward a little bit, but once I came out of it and, you know, we got moving again and the lights came back on and she was so sweet too. Cause I like all of a sudden I realized like, okay, I'm not, I don't know where I'm at. Like I'm in a town. I don't know hours away. It is midnight. Like I have not eaten all day. And I've also been like shatting myself for 48 hours before this. Like, right. I'm so hungry. So she like packed me up all this Costco food to take back to my hotel, gave me a bunch of crackers. So while we were doing that, um, I had to go to the bathroom again and I went in this time lights on everything. And I looked in the mirror at myself and it was like, I saw myself as beautiful, which I don't do. One of yeah. my problems is that I pick myself apart so bad and I hate every photo of myself. And I look in the mirror and just eh, 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 like so many of us women do. Right. Yes. Right? And I, and I saw myself as beautiful and I saw myself as worth. And my brain was also able to say, this is what you look like. You're not changing that. So why ruin your life over thinking you're ugly? Right. And I realized in that moment, like, holy shit, like my brain just did something like it's never done before. I was like, okay. Then I look like funny side note. I looked down at the Satan Buddha. No, he was just like a cute little guy. Like I was like, what? Why was he so scary? (laughs) And then even the mug, the mug is my favorite part. Do you guys want to know what was on that freaking mug? Yes, I do. Absolutely. A cartoon crab. (laughs) Maybe a plain, maybe a plain cup next time. (laughs) A cartoon crab wit, a cute little cartoon crab. It was, I don't know why I saw that as devil eyes. It was a black mug with yellow glowing, like demon eyes. When I looked at that thing, it's just so crazy. And then I would look at her face too and be like, oh, you're not scary. That was weird. So this isn't upside down. Yeah. Just like lots of, those are just kind of like some fun things. Oh, you asked if I got sick. Yes. Yes. So about an hour in, and that was something she warned me about. She has like a puke bucket by you and stuff man, that nausea is real. That sounds like so horrible. I never actually threw up though. And I was afraid of that. I was like, if I throw up, am I going to throw up the shrooms? And then it's all for nothing. Isn't that funny how I thought that? But then when I first swallowed them, I was like, can I throw up? Well, Um, cause you get brave and you take them and then you're like, okay, well, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. And then you're like, well, shit, if I throw it up, do I have to start, do I have to do this all again? Like, is this all for not? So I never threw up, but I was very, very extremely nauseous, like the most I've ever felt. And I probably laid over that can for like 25 minutes. And I, and I remember saying to her, like, can you just get me some like cold rags or something like this is horrible. And I just laid over this garbage can with like cold rags on my neck and everything. But it wasn't like, that was it 20 minutes and it passed. And it was obviously worth it. So Okay. So yeah, I feel like I know we're like getting into a long episode. Um, I, I feel like that was like the gist of it. I mean, obviously this is six hours I'm trying to cram into, 
you know, 40 minutes here. Yeah. Yeah. Like 40 minutes of the story, but you guys like it changed my life. So even a month later, how are you feeling about Okay. Well, first I have to kind of go. So that night, um, I feel like we need like a whole nother episode or something that night I got back to the hotel. Oh, when I wasn't able to have my phone. Right. So when she did give me my phone back and I checked my messages, I had a couple messages from Mark. They were really sweet. He's like, babe, I hope you're okay. Like I, like I, this wasn't a thing where I texted him and said, all right, just took some shrooms, like get back right. to you in six hours. Like we didn't talk. So he, I had a couple text messages like, Hey, I can't stop thinking about you. I'm really worried. Like, I hope everything's okay. I hope like, you know, I hope you're like, he, it was just kind of sweet. Like Mark isn't a big, like emotional guy. And so to see and feel like, Oh, my husband's sitting at home and he really is like concerned. It yeah. was really sweet. Like to get these texts coming out of it. Something you guys that I do need to share. It's very sacred to me is in this journey. Gosh, there's just so much I had. I had something happen to me where I saw Mark as a little child and I didn't know this at the time, but when I told Mark the whole story, we were on FaceTime for like two hours back at the hotel and he was just like, I need to know every detail. And I like cried with him and laughed with him. And it was just a really like beautiful moment in our marriage. But, um, after I told him this about seeing him as a little child and the reason that that was special to me is because it made me kind of realize like my husband is a human. Like he's this little child inside that just needs to be loved and feel trusted and feel worthy. And I've really hurt him with some of my traumas, you know, like I've always been a great wife to him, you know, this, but I've, I've hurt him with the mistrust part of it with even thinking he could step out on me or look at another one like that hurts him. So Mm -hmm. in this journey, my brain saw him as that. And it's like, I came out and I told him, I said, I feel like I just want to love you so hard and so much and just make up for everything I've ever done to you. Like it was just a very strong feeling. I also saw my son kind of grow up before my eyes, which was a really interesting thing because I struggle with my eight-year-old son. He's a hard kid. Mm -hmm. So that was another part of it for me that was like really special. Um, that just, I came home having a little more patience for this kid. I won't say full patience because I don't know if any amount of shrooms can really cure for some of (laughs) I love him. Um, but but, but more patience. So anyway, um, those were some really special things that happened. Um, and yeah, I FaceTimed with Mark after this, when I got back to the hotel, it was a really beautiful moment for our marriage. Um, the next day, like she checked in with me, sent me this photo. I just slept a lot of the day. I like got myself food. I mean, I had another two days in this hotel and I just took time for myself. You guys who gets that as a mom, I don't. I know. Get, no, that's, that's awesome. We get some time for ourselves. It's not like that, but yeah, it's but like, like who, to take actual time where like the away. kids aren't around, like yes. a couple of days of just, you get to do you. Yeah. That's and because magical. she said, she's like, you need to let your brain heal. The mushroom will stay in your brain for another like few weeks okay, and continue to heal your brain. Like, even if though you're not feeling it, it's still in your system. And so 
I slept a lot. I just laid there and like embraced like, oh, I can lay here and watch this movie in a hotel bed and I don't have to get up and do anything after it. Like, this is not my life, you know? And I just really like embraced that and really spent time with myself and all the things. So getting back home, present time where I'm at now, I came home and had the best few weeks of my life. My husband looked at me and was like, one night we would just have all these like really deep conversations in the kitchen. And just, he was just like, you're so different. Like you're so chill and you handle things differently. And like, I just feel like I got the girl back. I fell in love with seven years ago. And I would just bawl my eyes out at the counter. And like, it really brought us a lot closer together. And this really like saved my life. So I will say in the last um, week, I had something about a week ago that really just scared me a little bit. Like I could feel, um, and I think it's because like a period's coming and like the hormones Hormones. are all over the place. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this is something she kind of said, she goes, listen, you're going to go home and the mushroom will wear off, but your brain will know how to handle things better. So the the hard things are still going to be there. She's like, you can still go to your husband's work or go here or there or watch a show or whatever and see a beautiful girl. And your brain is going to remember, Ooh, that's how he reacted. Yes. Like, well, that's an uncomfortable situation for you, but your brain is going to know what to do with it now. And there was always this like part of me of like, I would try to test things. I'm not even kidding. I would try to test it. I'd be like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look. I'm going to look at something on social media and that normally would make me feel uncomfortable. I'm going to see if my brain can do it. Like I was this like crazy person trying to like test myself. <laughs> I think a lot of people would do that. Like, let, let's test this out. Did this work? Did it? Let's see if it really worked. Um, and so, yeah, I was just, I was just in a really different place. And so a week ago, I started having a little bit of these things kind of creep back in of like where I, I was almost feeling myself like, why am I feeling like sad or whatever? And I had to almost remind myself like, okay, you still have hormones, right? Yeah. And yeah. what I, I did, have emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And she tells you, she's like, I want you to follow up then with microdosing. She's like, I want you to wait four weeks and then start microdosing. And, um, so, you know, I just, I thought maybe it's just time to start microdosing. I'm a little bit ahead of the four weeks, but I did. And so now I do like five days on two days off okay. and I feel, I feel really, really good. Um, yeah. I mean, you guys, I, this, was one of the most incredible things I've ever done in my life. And for any of you out there, I'm not saying like, oh, go just do shrooms, right? Like look into this, do your research, make it guided. I have a lot of people ask me like, what's the difference between like just doing shrooms and doing it guided? Cause there's a lot of people who really can just go do shrooms and like on their own or with a friend. And that's like, where I would, that's where I would worry about having a bad trip is not to have someone Yeah. They're kind of guiding you through it. Oh, you know what people, I guess that's something I'm like all over the place. You guys, I'm sorry. Is people would ask me that question too. What, how did she guide you? Like when you were freaking out, like, what did that mean? And a lot of the times, like she lets you go on your journey because I needed to feel those really scary feelings and those, those all that trauma get out. Like, yeah, I had to feel the scared and the fear too. What I realized is because I came out of it realizing with that the things I am afraid of in life are actually not real fear. So the the girls I look at that I think, oh my gosh, they're so beautiful, they're hot, like 
is my husband going to like that? Right. My brain went through real fear, real, like the most scared it's ever felt. So then I came out and I kind of look at that, like, "Eh, that's uncomfortable still, but like, that's not real fear. That's not, I, that's, I'm making that up in my head. That's fascinating. Crazy. It's like, my brain was just able, it's just able to go. No, that's dumb. Whereas before I would like sit in this shit for days sometimes. Yeah. Beating myself self up, you know, and now I can just go, no, that's not, you know, that's not right. And so last week kind of made me nervous because I did have a few days that I kind of felt knocked down a little bit again. And I hated that. I was like, and I, and I almost like panicked. Like I said to Mark, like, oh my gosh, like, is it wearing off? Like, you know, and he's like, babe, you're still human. You're still going to go through the hard shit. You still have to do the work. You still right. have to do the work that you know you have to do. And then, and then it was almost like I came out of those couple of days and I was like, it's like almost the mushroom took over again. Like, no, oh, I'm good now. Yeah, Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but she would guide you. She would guide me by just kind of in those panic moments where I was like full blown panic attacks. She will, she takes my hands and she says, come on, let's breathe. And she'll guide me with breathing to kind of like bring me back down and she'll just go feel it, feel everything, feel it. Like you are in your perfect journey right now. You need to feel these things to know how it feels to sit in it. You have to learn how to sit in the uncomfortable, icky, hard situations. And that's what I learned from that. So I still have my triggers, but I'm able to go. Ew, this feels uncomfortable. I hate this. Eh. And instead of doing what I used to do, where I would like go jump on social media and like look this person up and be like, well, I need to just make sure is she still pretty or like whatever. I mean, come on, we all do this dumb shit, right? I don't care who you are. If you don't want to admit it, like you are a liar and everyone has like fake accounts. <laughs> like at this day. <laughs> but now instead of me having to do that, I can just go, Brittany, you're being silly, right? And I can just talk myself out of it like so much faster. So you guys, moral of the story, mommy did mushrooms and it saved my life. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm glad. I'm glad it was a good trip. I'm glad you talked yourself into going and you got there and that it was such a good, a good thing because I, I know, I know how hard some of your struggles have been like, that's actually one of the reasons we started the podcast is because Brittany and I got together and we just started talking about the struggles. Right. And it was always like the tears. Cause no one wants to feel this way. No one wants to go through this shit, but it is like the struggle of life. Right. So I like, I am really glad that this was such a good trip for you and that it's helped you so much. Cause I, I know you put in the work, like I know how much therapy you've gone through, like all the different kinds of therapy, like how much you've tried, like how much you've wanted, like, and I know like your brain, you're like, I know how much I'm loved. Like, I know how much my husband loves me, but like, couldn't your brain couldn't let it go. So I'm like, I'm so glad for you. Like, this is, that's awesome. I love you. I love you. Uh, You guys, it really just like, I don't know. I can't even describe it. It's changed my life so much. I will always hold this dear to my heart, my blanket. I look at my blanket. Like it's my best friend now. Like no offense with <laughs> you're still my bestie. I'm playing my blanket, <laughs> but also my blanket is there because it really, it was my safe space mm-hmm. and, um, and music. You guys, I, 
I have such a love and appreciation for music now. And I sound like this, like stoner who's like, yeah, that music. Okay. No, but really like I listen to things now and I like, oh man, I just feel it. And I see things so differently. Like I will drive down the road and I see the mountains as just beauty. Like I've never seen before. I see like the, the skyline over buildings, beautiful. I see, I'm able to look at my kids in a different light. I look at Mark in a different light. Like I look at myself in a different light, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just really, it's, it's been beautiful when people ask me, how would you sum this up and describe it? I say the most horrifying, beautiful experience of my life. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I do. I hold this more sacred to me than like, honestly, even having some of my, like going through childbirth or anything like that. Like that sounds terrible, but like those moments are beautiful, but this to just see your own soul yeah. a little bit and, and fight those things and sit in that hard shit and, and feel worthy and loved for once in your life. Like it was just, it was beautiful. Oh, that's amazing. You guys, I kind of yeah. want to do a thing where those who have listened to this episode, if you have questions for Brittany, like email us, um, at get real gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram, like send her all your yes. questions. And I kind of think it would be fun to do like a follow-up episode or maybe a live on Instagram. Oh gosh, where we that'd just, be like, answer so questions. fun. That'd be really fun. And honestly, I think let's keep up on some stories on Instagram with too, and like open up some questions in there and yeah, after totally. this gets aired. So, oh, you guys, thanks. I know this is way longer than you're used to from Britain wit. Um, I love you all. I've had so much outpouring of like love and support through this. And I was really nervous. Like, can I talk about doing a shroom trip? <laughs> And then I like, I was even like, can I put this on Instagram? Like, am I going to the prison? Feds gonna shove at my door? Yeah. Yeah. And my husband's like, babe, the feds have way more to worry about than like busting a little a housewife. Who- <laughs> <laughs> Officers, you don't understand. It's changed my life. Um, I'm such no. a good person. No, but I did. I kind of looked up things and there's like tons of podcasts. There's like podcasts oh, yeah. on doing mushrooms. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm fine. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're good. I love you guys. Thanks for letting me share this. Um, before we end with, I, I want to just remember, um, uh, I want to give a moment to Sean Romero. Yes. Our really, really great buddy, Sean Romero passed away last month and we had him on our podcast. I wanted to do this in the beginning and I, and I, and I didn't even think, um, he was on a few times and his first episode is called the Jersey stalker. And it is really funny. Um, he is one of the most motivational, incredible people I've ever met. Yeah. He, he's so he's inspirational. So great. He's a, he's a beautiful person and he is just, I know he is just doing all the work in heaven right now. And so he passed, um, you guys, and it was devastating for us to hear that. Um, so really unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. Really unexpected. And he had four young children at home that he took care of and, uh, we just adore him, but that was his first episode. I want you guys to, you know, if you're listening to this, go back one day and just give him, you know, that tribute and listen to that episode about his journey and his life and how positive he is. The, the other episode he did with us is called the attitude of gratitude. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And that was all about what, how to get through your trials and still have a positive attitude about yeah, it. He didn't, yeah. he did not have an easy life and he dealt with some no. heavy shit, but he was, he was always so positive and can, could spin things or see things in like the positive life. The yeah. light. There we go. He was, he's, he's just awesome. a beautiful soul. So anyway, um, Oh, we love you, Sean. We we love you. And we know you have your angel wings now and you guys just go give a little tribute to him. I'm going to do some stuff. I think this week on social media too, to give him a little tribute, but you guys, thank you for letting me share this crazy personal story with, thank you for listening. I talked more in this one than I ever have before. So <laughs> thanks for sharing it. Like I, I've, I know I've been like dying to hear all about this and I I'm sure all of our listeners, especially if they follow you on social media, I've just, been Oh my gosh. So curious. So I'm, I'm glad that you could open up and share your journey with us. Yeah. It was beautiful. You guys until next time, let's keep it let's real. Keep it real.